48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive says his government will continue to balance the relaxation of COVID restrictions with protecting public health. While the head of the Chinese Manufacturers Association repeats his call for the scrapping of the three days of travel restrictions for arrivals. And the founder of Hong Kong Outdoors says it doesn't make sense for the government to allow 240 people to attend a banquet while not allowing people to stay at a campsite. Chief Executive John Lee says the government will continue to look for room to further relax infection control measures while balancing the need to protect the population and the healthcare system from COVID-19. Speaking at the opening of the Asia Summit on Global Health, Mr Lee noted that his administration had been making progress in lifting restrictions since taking office in July, adding the effort will continue in an orderly and progressive manner. We are working on specific and dedicated plans to ensure major events and economic activities can be held smoothly to open up Hong Kong, to bring a world of business back to Hong Kong as quickly and as safely as we can. The president of the Chinese Manufacturers Association has repeated his call for the scrapping of the three days of travel restrictions for arrivals. Incoming travellers are currently given an amber code that bars them from going to places where people have to have their vaccination records scanned. Speaking on RTHK, Alan Shi said international business travellers usually only stay for about two or three days and some had told him they won't come to Hong Kong because of the current restrictions. He pointed out that Hong Kong has fallen far behind with its reopening compared to other places in the world and should catch up to increase its competitiveness. The founder of Hong Kong Outdoors, Martin Williams, has agreed with calls from a lawmaker to reopen campsites. DAB lawmaker Ben Chan made the call yesterday after the recent reopening of public barbecue pits as the government slowly eases pandemic measures. Mr Williams criticised what he called a mishmash of pandemic policies and told RTHK it didn't make sense for the government to allow up to 240 people to attend a banquet while not allowing access to outdoor campsites. The amount of outdoor transmission is tiny. So the fact that you can go to maybe a banquet with maybe 240 people indoors, which is much more dangerous for catching COVID than go camping in a pretty wild place. It just, and and the barbecuing, there's never really been any scientific soundness or common sense to this. The police say they've arrested eight men on suspicion of scamming people out of a total of 2.7 million Hong Kong dollars by sending people phishing messages. Officers said the alleged syndicate members, pretending to be courier company staff, had sent a large number of text messages to random people, asking for their credit card details in the last three months. The fraudsters then allegedly bought mobile phones, vouchers and other things for resale. The force said more than 180 cases were involved. Overseas, President Zelensky has said Ukraine is moving very carefully following Russia's announcement that it's withdrawing its troops from the southern city of Kherson. In his nightly address to the nation, Mr Zelensky called for Ukrainians to be cautious. The enemy does not give us gifts or make gestures of goodwill. We fight for it all. And when you fight, there's always going to be resistance from the enemy. And some of our heroes will lose their lives. Therefore, we're moving very carefully, without emotions, without taking unnecessary risks, in the interests of liberating all our land, and so the losses are as small as possible. 
A Ukrainian military spokeswoman, Natalia Gomenyuk, echoed the president's position. They've been preparing this for a long time. For two weeks, we've known that they were preparing defense lines and that they were not ready to hold the right bank of the river. So this doesn't surprise us, and we understand that we will still have to fight. Russia's pullout comes just weeks after President Putin said he was annexing Kherson and three other Ukrainian regions, none of which were wholly occupied by Russian forces. The commander of Russia's forces in Ukraine described the pullout decision as difficult. President Joe Biden says Tuesday's midterm elections were a good day for democracy and voters have spoken clearly about their concerns. Republicans are expected to take control of the House of Representatives. But Mr Biden said the Democrats had also done well. While the press and the pundits are predicting a giant red wave, uh, it didn't happen. And I know you were somewhat miffed by my my, uh, obsessive optimism, but uh, I felt good during the whole process. I thought we were going to do fine. While any seat lost is painful, some good Democrats didn't win the last night. Democrats had a strong night. The U.S. president said his Democratic Party was prepared to work with the Republicans. Whichever party wins two of the three outstanding contests in Arizona, Georgia and Nevada will control the Senate. A man accused of attacking the husband of the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi with a hammer has been indicted by a federal grand jury on charges of attempted kidnapping and assault. David DePape was arrested in the couple's home in San Francisco in October after police officers responded to an emergency call from Paul Pelosi, who said his attacker had been looking for his wife. A new survey has found that the influence of fossil fuel industries at global climate talks has risen significantly in recent years. The analysis was carried out by the campaign group Global Witness. More from the BBC's Matt McGrath. Climate conferences have always attracted significant numbers from the coal, oil and gas industries keen to influence the shape of the debate. Last year in Glasgow, an analysis of official attendance lists found 503 delegates connected to fossil fuels. This year, that figure has gone up to 636. The data shows there are more fossil fuel lobbyists here than delegates from the 10 countries most impacted by climate change, including Pakistan, Bangladesh and Mozambique. Campaigners want these industry representatives to be banned from all future climate summits. The prominent Iranian actor Tirane Alidusti has posted an image of herself without a headscarf on Instagram in solidarity with ongoing anti-government protests. She also held a sign reading Woman, Life, Freedom in Kurdish, a common slogan of the demonstration sparked by the death in custody of the young Kurdish woman Maza Amini. For more from the BBC's Sebastian Usher. Tarane Alidusti published an extremely strong declaration of support for the protests, saying that she would not leave Iran and was willing to pay whatever price was necessary for her rights. Now she's taken this a step further by publishing a photo of herself online without her headscarf. Alidusti starred in The Salesman, which won the Foreign Language Oscar in 2017. As such, she's one of the most prominent figures inside Iran to take the risk of siding so openly with the protesters. An American mother who was arrested in Saudi Arabia after saying she'd been trapped there has been released from jail. Carly Morris says she was persuaded to visit the kingdom with her daughter by her Saudi ex-husband. Here's the BBC's Mike Thompson. 
Carly Morris arrived in Saudi Arabia with her daughter in 2019. Soon after arriving, her former partner took out Saudi citizenship for their daughter. Under the country's male guardianship laws, this meant the child, now eight, couldn't leave the country without his permission. Miss Morris was arrested several days ago for destabilising public order after earlier tweeting that she'd been lured to the kingdom and trapped there. She was released from jail, where she'd been handcuffed and shackled early Wednesday morning and reunited with her daughter. A former US Navy engineer and his wife have been jailed for trying to sell military secrets. Diana Toby, a former school teacher, and her husband Jonathan were convicted for attempting to give a foreign country information about the design of nuclear-powered warships. The BBC's Vinnie Macavini has the details. Brazilian officials alerted the FBI after receiving a package from Jonathan Toby with Navy documents and instructions about how to contact him. The FBI then pretended to be an agent of another country, and in a series of dead drops, Jonathan Toby passed military secrets to his contact, whilst his wife Diana acted as a lookout. In one of the exchanges, the pair concealed a memory card inside a peanut butter sandwich. The judge said the damage caused to the United States was still unclear. President Emmanuel Macron has declared a formal end to France's eight-year military campaign against jihadists in Africa's Sahel region. Mr Macron said 3,000 French troops would remain in the region to provide help and training, but France would not support open-ended missions. Nos interventions doivent être mieux bornées dans le temps. Our interventions must be more limited in time and from the outset. We do not intend to remain involved in external operations without any time limit. That is also why I decided, in consultation with our partners, to formalize today the end of the operation. At its high point, there were 5,500 French troops taking part in the campaign, which was initially launched in 2013 to stem the advance of jihadist insurgents in Mali. The other countries in the partnership were Niger, Chad, Burkina Faso and Mauritania. One of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges, Binance, has pulled out of a deal to acquire its struggling rival, FTX, leaving the latter's future in doubt. Binance had signed a non-binding agreement to cover a shortage of financial liquidity. The BBC's Michelle Fleury is in New York. A sudden departure of many investors from its market and a huge sell-off in its own cryptocurrency left FTX on the brink of collapse. Enter Binance, the biggest of all crypto exchanges. On Tuesday, it said it would be willing to take over the ailing FTX. But on Wednesday, it announced that it couldn't save FTX, all of which would appear to leave one of the biggest and high-profile crypto companies in ruins, and yet another dent in investors' faith in the cryptocurrency sector as a whole. New York's autumn season of fine art auctions has begun with another record-breaking sale. The collection of the late Microsoft executive Paul Allen fetched more than one billion US dollars at Christie's. The collection becomes the richest ever sold. It comprises more than 150 artworks produced over 500 years and includes numerous masterpieces. To sports now, Senegal's all-time top scorer and runner-up for the Ballon d'Or, Sadio Mane, is in danger of missing the World Cup. The Bayern Munich striker sustained a leg injury in Tuesday's 6-1 win over Werder Bremen. The BBC's Baba Cardiara explains how big a loss this would be for Senegal. 
the president of the Senegalese FA said that Sadio Mane is irreplaceable. Uh, we are talking about the number two player on the race to the latest Ballon d'Or. He is used to uh, play the big games. He has played uh, three uh, Champions League final. He was obviously the leader of the team who won the last AFCON. So it will be a huge blow for Senegal and even for uh, the World Cup because he's one of the star the stars that people are expecting to see on the pitch in Qatar. Liverpool and Manchester City are into the last 16 of the English League Cup. More details from the BBC's Paul Serres. Quithine Keller has saved three spot kicks as Liverpool beat Derby County 3-2 on penalties to progress into the fourth round of the Football League Cup. Manchester City are also through. They beat Chelsea 2-0 thanks to goals from Riyad Mahrez and Julian Alvarez. The English Premier League leaders Arsenal are out, beaten 3-1 by Bryson at the Emirates, as are Tottenham. They lost 2-0 at Nottingham Forest. In the other matches, Wolves edged Leeds by one goal to nil. Newcastle beat Crystal Palace 3-2 on penalties. Southampton survived a scare against third-tier Sheffield Wednesday, winning 6-5 on penalties. And West Ham United are out. They lost 10-9 on penalties to second-tier Blackburn Rovers. India's cricketers are about to face England for a place in the T20 World Cup final. India beat England 2-1 in a series played in England earlier this year and India's captain Rohit Sharma is hoping his side can build on the memory of that victory. It'll give us some confidence because beating a team like England in England, obviously it's a big challenge and we've overcame that challenge pretty well. But again, we do understand the dynamics of this T20 cricket. You just have to be good on that particular day. But certainly the guys will have some confidence uh, going into tomorrow's game. For us, in the back of our mind, yes, we, we can have that confidence uh, knowing that we did pretty well against them. But tomorrow's game is going to be a fresh game. England face a selection dilemma with opener David Malan likely to be out. Captain Joss Butler is confident his side will find a good replacement. Selection's been really tough throughout the whole tournament and the guys who haven't played so far are all desperate to play and I see it as an exciting opportunity to come in and, and that's why we have good depth in the squad and we, we back everyone to, to do their job when, when required and you know what better occasion to come into if, if someone's required to do that. The winner of today's match will face Pakistan in the final, which is set for Sunday in Melbourne. To the weather forecast, it'll be fine with moderate easterly winds. The outlook mainly fine and rather warm during the daytime in the following few days. Currently the observatory, the temperature is 27 degrees Celsius, humidity now at 67%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says his government will continue to balance the relaxation of COVID restrictions with protecting public health while the head of the Chinese Manufacturers Association repeats his call for the scrapping of the three days of travel restrictions for arrivals. And the founder of Hong Kong Outdoors says it doesn't make sense for the government to allow 240 people to attend a banquet while not allowing people to stay at a campsite. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
on Radio 3. Good afternoon to you. 18 minutes past one o'clock it is. And it's Thursday. Thanks to Mark Rawson and Dr Dave Gething so far. We're off to Singapore in about 15 to catch up with Chef Neil Tomes live on Facebook so you can watch what he's up to. But right now, a very special guest that I talk to once a year all about, well this time it's about the 51st Hong Kong French Film Festival. So it's my pleasure to welcome back the man who knows, Jean-Sebastien Attier, who is the executive director of the Alliance Francaise de Hong Kong. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Phil. Very well. well I'm so happy to be back yeah. there with you. I'm so happy that your, your festival is happening. That's brilliant news for starters. Absolutely. Yeah, the 51st, as you said, uh, which offers the, the largest collection of French movies in Hong Kong. Uh, and it runs from uh, November 23rd until uh, December 13th. Yeah, we've been doing this little chat for a few years now, so ex- I think we've done definitely the past three or four. Why don't you give me... I'm looking at the webpage right now, hkfrenchfilmfestival.com. Lovely flavour to it, lovely colour scheme to it. So what's the theme? It looks a bit sort of, I don't know, 1950s or something like that. What do you got? I know. Uh, it's, uh, it's really the scene, um, it's, a, it's an image taken from a, a film called The Best Years of a Life by uh, Claude Lelouch. Okay. And it's uh, a sequel in a way of a, a man and a woman, the ah. very famous Claude Lelouch movie yeah. that is shot 50 years after with the same actors. So they're not 35, but 85 in the movie. Wonderful. It's a very touching story image. And it's also in praise of Jean-Louis Trintignant, who passed yeah. away this year, who was one of the greatest uh, French actors and uh, the 